When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to puke. Uh... Welcome back to Draft Vice. Oh my God, we got Ricky back again to talk safeties. Like he had to go very far. Yeah. Um. Yes, we split the episode in two, talking defensive backs. Um. But it's great to have you to talk safeties as well because you were a safety. Yes, I was at one point in time. Yes. Um. Also, just an amazing human being. Uh. If you want, you can follow the show uh, at Draft Vice on Twitter at Draft Vice underscore football on Instagram. It's on the iTunes. It's on the Spotify. Go ahead and subscribe, like, follow, comment, and we will shout you out later on. And also Mondays. I mean, there's only going to be one more of the Monday mock drafts, but there's also going to be a live stream of the draft night and day two a live stream as well, where you'll get to hear all the great comments and witty banter of Harry Van Ness and me and all the the people we have on the panel. The Draft night's going to be a live in-person show in Nanuet, New York. If you've never been to Nanuet, New York, it is a great place filled with strip malls and strippers, uh, but primarily strip malls. And then, like, there's, like, one strip joint. And a billiards hall, two of them, but we're at the other one. <laughs> so come to the to the spot billiards on 304 in Nanuet, New York, uh, and watch us live. Or you can go there on another night and just go play pool. Because they've been very nice to us to let us go do this in the middle of their establishment. Very kind of giving them a free promo, right? Well, it's free-ish. You know, we're doing the we're doing the show there. That's our payment. Hey, thank you for letting us do this crazy stuff. So yes, uh, we're gonna be doing that live, and then we will be analyzing the picks as they come in live in show person. Me, Doctor D. De Blasio, will be my co-host that night. Uh, he was on the live stream last year, and we'll have a panel of guests. We'll do audience participation. Uh, we'll give out participation trophies, except there will be no trophies because I don't want to pay that kind of money to make a trophy. And we should just move on to the real parts of this episode where we are going to talk safeties, the things that make you feel so good at night. Um, and right off the bat, it's an interesting safety class yeah. because there's not that true number one safety that you would want to take top ten. There's two guys in this class who I'd want to fuse together to make a top ten safety, <laughs> and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But um, there's not that number one guy. There's no Derwin James. There's no Jamal Adams. Uh, there's no Malik Hooker. There's guys who can do some of those roles and can do maybe end up doing them as well as those players. Yeah. But there's not a guy without a wart necessarily. Uh, the number one guy on a lot of teams' boards is, uh, and not a lot of teams, at least a lot of people's boards, a lot of the media analyst boards, Trevon Morig. Mm-hmm. Uh, TCU safety, one of the two TCU safeties in this year's draft. <clears throat> He's the bigger one, about yes. six two, about four inches taller than the other one, maybe five or maybe even more than that. I think I think I think Ordarius Washington came in at like five, five eight. eight. Yeah, yeah. So almost five inches taller. Um, I would maybe argue that Ordarius had a little bit better, some of the better instincts. But I, I think what you get at uh, Trevon Moore is you get this big athletic safety yep, ran a four five. Uh, was. Uh, and he, I think he ran a four five on a bad back. I think he had actually injured his back, and he still did his whole, I think, uh, workout for his pro day. Uh, very good athleticism. Was primarily the TCU's uh, defense ran a lot of two high looks, yeah. so he's probably better off in a. If you really want to get him doing what he was already doing, a split safety role where he's you know not necessarily single high a lot. You know he's going to be single high. Field, yeah. yeah, he's not going to be that true center fielder, kind of like an Anthony Harris kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, where you're going to have them up there. You know, you're know, you going to have split safeties. You can move them down into the box a little bit. Um, good awareness, uh, good tackler. Uh, again, overall, maybe like the safest safety is the weirdest way to put it. Yep. Like You know what you're getting out of him. He's going to be a high-end player for you. 
I just, I don't know what the, I don't think there's a true, like when people talk ceilings, I don't know if he's the guy who you're going to be like, oh, he he's that like all pro every year guy. He can maybe be like a pro bowler, a uh, really good player. He's probably going to, he might sneak into the first round because I feel like he's the one guy who doesn't have any of the warts. You know, has a solid athletic profile, good age. Like he doesn't have any of the age issues like some of the other safeties might have or other players in the draft might have uh, where you're playing and you're like 25 and you're beating up on children. Um, just don't do that. Uh, we'll talk about some of those guys too. Don't worry. Ch child beaters are fine in, if, if you're beating them while you're playing football. Is all I'm saying. Um, don't beat your children, Adrian Peterson. Um, Trevon Morig, very good safety. Do you have any comments on him? I know there's like a lot of. Uh, I, I think you kind of mirrored a lot of what we were talking about earlier. No, I, I, he's um, like you said, a good athlete. Four five is plenty good for uh, safety for what he has to do. And uh, estimate that he can maybe be better than that, even like, yes. than that that athletic profile. And, he, and it's not that he, I don't think he can. It's not that I don't think he can't play the center field. But like I said, he's he's good at at, at dealing with the cover two split safety. Um, if they needed to roll down, it felt like they really would need more of our Darius Washington kind of coming mm -hmm. down and playing more of the slot because he's better instincts, a little bit more of a playmaker in my opinion, uh, more of a pure football player, but. If we want to jump right into our Darius Washington. I know Washington, you love him, I, I so guess. I wanted to. But I'm sure we'll get to him. But yeah. as far as Mo Rig, I, I, he, he has a much higher. Uh, I know there's. We talk about the ceilings with these guys, but I think he has a much higher ceiling because of his athleticism. Um, I think he's actually pretty good at, at, at recognizing route concepts, at least from the split safety screen, uh, split safety um, scheme, and um, yeah, I think there's a. I understand why he's the number one guy for a lot of people, but again, with this draft, it's not like you have number one you know game changer yeah you know i think there's other guys that are really creeping up on him and i can actually see being better pros um but yeah i i don't have any real knocks about him i have no issue with him being number one safety yeah that's the weird <clears throat> thing he's like he's fine he's like that like it's good whatever i'm fine with it do what you will i, I, I do think the athlete you know being six two his size his speed profile i think he's it's all good it's yeah. all like okay i could see where that can go where he you checks might... a lot of boxes but not a lot of wow and i think that's a lot of with a lot of the safeties i think yeah so there's going to be uh is there a particular one you want to jump onto next well, I, I actually i was looking into and this became up a little more recent but out of central florida richie grant i think he's a guy that's around the ball a lot yes yeah, senior bowl um, dude He's around the ball a lot, got on more and more people's radars as, as time went on. Um, it just seems like a lot of the safeties and corners have gone hand-to-hand -hand in this draft. Like, you're getting a lot of people from the same college at safety and UCF corner in the top ten. UCF, but, like, there, there was a couple other schools like Florida State that had a couple guys that were it, – it's almost like they're complementing each other. And it's just like, which one's more important? But that's a conversation for another time. But, but, but in terms of Richie Grant, makes a lot of plays. Seems to be a good student of the game, at least from what I understand, because he's always in good position. Yes. You know, um, more pretty complete safety. Uh, I don't have his measurables as far as athleticism. I you might, might be able to know. Um, I, it's not like it blew me away on tape. So I'd be surprised if he was a four three four four guy. He's a four four nine guy. Four four nine. Okay, so 40. high end four four. That. So testing. Yeah. Yeah. Same but, same but, range as him. But but always in position. So I think that. Uh, this is a guy, I mean, he seemed to have decent ball skills. Um, he was more the single high guy. Yeah, that's why I, I almost I almost feel like he, he popped more in a lot of ways because he was always around the ball. He was he was good at reading quarterback's eyes. He was good at understanding, all right, if the slot corner's going out or the tight end's running across, I got to turn my, my hips to the backside and see if there's a deep post coming. Like He just seemed to be um, 
On top of that, he's a willing tackler. He has no problem coming up. He has good reaction to come up and, and help out in the run. Um, so I, I was a fan of his. Um, not saying I'd 100% put him above um, Trevon Moring, but I I, I, um, I I buy the argument. I know yeah. people who like him better than Trevon Moring. Yeah. And especially if you're running a single high scheme, if you're running, especially, like I said before, the Seattle Seahawks scheme, you're talking about like Dan Quinn down in Dallas. I know all the Dallas people love Richie Grant right yep. now. Uh, I do a live stream with and uh, uh, one of the big guys I like to uh, tune in, Jay Land. He's a Dallas dude. I can see uh, him being a good. He loves. Yeah, you know, Richie Grant like would a, be perfect for like that a much team. better Jeff Heath. I could. Yeah. I can see him being. You know, they, they stuck with Jeff Heath for a long time. You know, I, I see a decent comp there with maybe a little bit more um, better athleticism, ceiling, a little bit more ceiling on 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 uh, Richie Grant. And he and he showed out at the Senior Bowl. He showed he could stick to guys in man to man coverage. So maybe even if you were looking to maybe roll him down into the slot, he could do that very well. He's a guy that really benefited from the Senior Bowl. Yes. Showed up, showed what he had to do, answered some questions about some things he wasn't asked to do in college. Yes, and again, his athleticism is really good. Again, four four nine forty. Even if you're you know adding you know. 0.06 seconds to the hand time still in the four five range doesn't matter he's still doing really well and then you know very good three cone i think it was a uh six seven eight three cone yeah, that's, that's top end third that's corner yeah that's corner level three cone five ten like again i think this is a guy you could drop down in the slot if you wanted to use him like that mm -hmm. he's going to be good at being a single high free safety he made a lot of good plays and he was like a true he he, he had that good football iq as far as being able to make plays like that I've heard people have different opinions on his tackling. Um, mm -hmm. He's definitely a willing tackler, and he—I didn't have any. He has good reaction coming up, and he seems to be in the right run fits if he ever needs to. I think it was one of those things where people saw one thing in one game. Yeah. Like they watched these four games, and like I hate him as a tackler, and maybe they also had some of the 2019 tape in their head right. too. And they're like, I didn't like him as a tackler then. I don't like him as a tackler now. And there's some people who really like him as a tackler. I, I didn't think I really was, like. Him. I wouldn't say he's a. I don't think it's a weakness. It's not a guy who no. like because like when you're thinking about guys in the back end, we're gonna talk about another guy who I think is maybe he's not a guy that doesn't like contact. Yeah, that's what I mean. And he's uh, he like he's an aggressive tackler. I think with regards to the form, it can kind of be all over the place. But that's almost every safety at the NFL level. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, he might fit in. Yeah, like I how I kind of look at him is like Marcus Williams and Mike Marcus May, those kind of guys. Yeah. Like where and he Marcus could be May single. is a, a really, I mean, you, you want to be compared to someone who's had a hell of a year. Yeah, eventually did develop kind of almost to be able to play corner a little bit. Yeah. So he he became a very versatile piece for the Jets. That's kind of how I look at Richie Grant. Um, very versatile kind of guy. Uh, I think could play single high and would probably be best in that role and as Correct. well as being moved into the slot a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't want him really match up on tight ends because they're going to no, probably have no. a size advantage to him. But again, if you're putting him up on maybe some smaller tight ends, like you're like a guy who's like six two, like uh, Brevin Jordan in the in this yeah. draft class, or uh, like a uh, the guy who just went to New England, um, the tight end, the Johnu Smith, like a, a smaller one, I think he'd be able to match up to those guys really well. Uh, I like him a lot. The one issue I have with him, a little bit older of a prospect, twenty four years old, yep. twenty five, uh, getting close to twenty five. So there's teams that are going to have him off their board because of the age thing. True. Um, but then I, you argue maturity. Yeah, and like the, now the real question is development. Like, kind of like where do you see him right. going? Does he need to get, is he, he going to get, get any better? And also where he's going to be at the end of the contract. Safety, though, you're a day two guy. I don't mind having guys who are a little bit older at safety mm -hmm. uh, because you might not be re signing him to the second deal anyway. You know, you can't always keep your guys that you draft in the second, third round. So I'd be happy to take him second, third round pick. Like, I think, especially if you're running a lot more of that single high free safety, you're looking to mix it up a little bit. Uh, I like how you mentioned Dallas. 
Dallas is a good one. Uh, well, I know all the Dallas people love him. Everybody, even guys who cover the Dallas Cowboys like him a lot. So he's been. I feel like they have him penciled in forty-four. They want him so bad. Um, guys who I know that cover the team and got, and fans of the team really like Richie Grant. So, yeah. and I I think that's a perfect fit for him. Uh, another team that might be uh, an interesting one is uh, the Raiders because they've had safety issues yeah. forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'd have to bet on Mike Mayock and John Gruden drafting well, which <laughs> I don't know if I buy that, but they might listen to Gus Bradley, who's their new D coordinator. And he might be like, like, listen, you know what? Get him in there. I'll use. He, he uh, might need to be uh, help with the back end uh, and the mistakes that Jonathan. Abram makes. <laughs> Jonathan Abram shouldn't be on the back end anyway. That's he, what I mean. No, I'm yeah, saying like he's he a could cover safety. up yeah. a lot of the – if he's playing free and Abram's playing strong, I think that might be a good compliment. And something tells me Mayock and Gruden don't mind the age thing. They might actually like the fact that he's 24 going on like, you know, 300 years old. So uh, they, they might not mind the older prospect. Uh, so I, I like Richie Grant a lot. Um, did you have another one in mind or you want me to bounce to another guy? Um, you Actually, I'll, I would like to bring on Javon Holland. I, I like him. I like his versatility. I, 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 I'm a fan of his. I did not love his tape as much. No? Want, yeah. So if I'm going for a guy who's going to be a slot safety hybrid, yeah. I think he's got the better athletic profile compared yeah. to Elijah Molden, but right. I would prefer Elijah so your Molden. Take, I like Molden's tape. Corner versus, yes. And you would argue that Holland's a better athlete. But. Yeah. I think Holland's the better athlete. And maybe he, I think there's also the idea of maybe you do stick him at corner and see what happens with him. Yeah. I, I think he could be one of those guys that does the reverse. Yeah. Where you say, you know what? Like, let's try him. Like, what we're talking about, when we talked about the last episode, Demarius Randall, yeah. kind of where they took him, where he played safety in college, and they swapped him to to corner in the NFL. I can kind of see them doing that with him because he I was has that. Say he could play slot corner though as well, because I was yeah. He, I was well, he did play slot corner quite New a bit. England, right. So how New England, another Oregon guy, Patrick Chung. I mean, he did a lot of different things for them, and that's kind of why I see. Oh, there seems to be a trend here, and if if if, if somebody is interested or they liked what. You know, some people were able to do with Chung. Another Oregon guy, Javon Holland, kind of seems to be play of that same style. Yeah. I didn't see as much aggressive. Like, for instance, that's why I maybe like Molden better in that role. More aggressive. Uh, more aggressive, better more tackler. Willing, yeah. uh, maybe because I think Molden's a better safety guy. Yeah. And where I'm looking at Holland, I'm looking at I'm going like, I don't mind him in coverage. It's almost like they should switch positions. Yeah. Well, they're basically <laughs> playing the same position. They're they're each playing like X amount in safety. But you would argue X... one could maybe play the safety. outside corner better, and that's the safety. And the one that could play safety better might be the inside corner. Yeah. And I know some people have had him on boards at corner and safety. Both these guys have had him at corner and safety on their boards. They both played a lot of slot. Uh, I just and I, I like Molden's slot instincts. Both these guys go together pretty well talking about them because they yeah. do. They are very similar profile players as far as where they're going in the next level. Very Buddha Bakery kind of right. guys. Uh, I I think where I wish this is another one of the two players. I wish I could just fuse them into one kind of deal. <laughs> I wish I could take some of like Molden's like mentality and football IQ and tackling ability and put that into Javon Holland and then like make that one guy take his athleticism and just put them together and yeah. you really would have Buda Baker. So yeah. I like both the guys. I like I like Molden a little bit better on the tape scale of it. And I like Holland's athleticism maybe where he can a maybe team go. How you're thinking and drafts both of them. Yeah, right. Well, we gotta get the Patara earrings from Dragon Ball Z. We're gonna fuse them together. Yeah. Uh, we're just gonna make them wear one jersey. Yeah. Like Molden's just gonna tell Holland what to do all the time. Um, so that's I like both those guys. Different. I, I maybe like Molden higher and Javon Holland a little bit lower. Maybe I'm more of the inclination. Maybe Holland is maybe. 
third round for me, later third round to me, where I think some people have him higher third round or even like uh, uh, you know second round guy. I feel like he's a little more um, variable in that. Like he's a little more sporadic in where people have him, where Molden's a little more consistent. I see a lot of people like Molden as a second round guy. I yeah. almost don't even – I don't – like as much as I like Molden, the player – as far as the value of taking him in the second round where you look at other players who might be there, mm -hmm. I don't know if I would have him truly as a second round guy. Maybe like that fringe second round where you're at 60, yep. that range kind of guy. Because this draft has a lot of weird depth at weird positions. Yeah. And you're going to get that point where you're like at you know 55 and there's going to be maybe an edge rusher like Peyton Turner on the board and you go... Oh, maybe I need an edge rusher more, and I kind of like. You can get a corner later. Yeah, or like, well, you could sign a slot corner. Slot mm -hmm. corners are a cheaper contract too. Right. Also, safety has like one of the cheaper contracts in the NFL. Both those positions are a devalued position that maybe there's there's a little bit of arbitrage you can get out of that by signing right. those kind of players and drafting those kind of players and developing them. Well, is Chris that Harris they become, was an undrafted free agent became one of the best slot corners that we've seen. He was also really good outside corner too, so yes, he <laughs> that helped out. He was just really good. Which he was one of your favorites for like the longest time, being a Denver Broncos fan for sure. Um, so yeah, I like both those guys. Uh, I like Richie Grant. Probably, I see if Richie Grant was three years younger, I would maybe argue Richie Grant should be the number one safety in the mm -hmm. draft class because he's twenty four, going on twenty five, and there's yeah, I don't doubt they hold that against. Him. Yeah, I and I I shouldn't hold it against him too much. I still have him as a second round guy. I still like him, but like whereas if he was two or three years younger, maybe he'd be the first like first corner a first safety off the board maybe like end of the first round i think he's going to be probably more like top 50 in the second round solid dude which by the way before this you know cycle he was probably not being talked about even as a second round pick that much so yeah between the senior bowl where he showed out very well in coverage i just i liked richie grant a lot mm -hmm. um who's the next guy you want to talk about? talk a little bit about elijah molden john oh. holland I, I'm a big fan, and we might have conflicting opinions on this, but I'm actually a big fan of um, Hamza Naziladeen. Nazir. Yes, uh, Nazir. Yes, uh, I, I, I like had him his a name lot before too. Before the show, and I just lost it, but but I like him a lot because I, he he reminds me, and this is very generous, but he reminds me of a Cam Chancellor. He's big. He's physical. He's an enforcer, but he's no slouch in coverage either. Yes. Like he, he he can do things above and beyond his size, and not quite as big as Cam Chancellor, but kind of plays in a similar way. Six three, two twenty something. So he's not he's not small by any means. No, he's, just Cam was kind of a freak in terms. He was like, he was like Megatron at safety. The the issues with Hamza is one, he's coming off an injury riddled season after yep. prior having like you know ending his season on an in, I think it was the the injury. I know he it, basically this season he didn't really get to play much. Yeah, uh, he came back late in the season. He really didn't get to play much. He really didn't get to see the development from him. Yep. Went to the Senior Bowl. Had some solid reps against tight ends and coverage. Uh, six three kind of guy. Again, he's going to be like a tight end eraser. I was going to say that's another reason with the explosion of tight ends. And now yes. you got everyone talking about Kyle Pitts. A lot of these teams are going to be like, well, how do we defend Kyle Pitts and George Kittle and yes. Travis Kelsey? And, you know, it's I'd like, argue he couldn't cover Kyle Pitts, but maybe a guy who's a nobody low, can but cover Austin Kyle Hooper. Pitts. <laughs> he could definitely cover Austin yes. Hooper. Uh, but they want a guy that can match up size and at least you know have close athleticism. You know that's one of the reasons that they tried to use that with Cam Chancellor a lot. Um, but this guy is um, that that's one of the reasons why I think his stock can shoot up. It's almost like it goes hand in hand when you start to think about how high they're valuing tight ends. Now I know. There's a big drop off after Kyle Pitts in this draft. Yeah, but 
in terms of where the NFL's at, yes, you might think, how do we defend them? We need we need smaller, more athletic linebackers that can run, or we need a bigger safety that can that can cover them. So it's well, know. and that's also becoming a thing in the NFL too. Is is turning safeties almost kind of into your quasi linebacker yes. as guys get smaller? Is eleven personnel such a big thing? Right. Uh, to be able to match up better. There's been a lot of talk of moving him and then another safety in this draft class, Divine Diablo, mm -hmm. into a quasi like nickelbacker linebacker role. Maybe move them to weak side linebacker, and they are li literally playing linebacker slash safety kind of in their defense. Right. Uh, I think both those guys would be really good at it. Divine Diablo actually tested at, like at four fours, which I think was a little surprising because he's a little slower sometimes on tape. But then other times he would catch up with a receiver downfield. So so maybe it's just he's you know. Yeah, sometimes just serving his energy. Yeah, <laughs> that, I I kind of buy that. But he he had good zone awareness too. Divine Diablo Could be baiting people too. Yeah, he I, he had very good zone awareness. Very good. Uh, uh, I think if you're and you're if you're moving them closer to the line of scrimmage, I like that. That was where he he really excelled and shined. I didn't like it when they put him further back. Mm -hmm. So his his ability to excel in that area. And again, be be very good with a the coverage aspect of it, and then also try to get him to you know to stuff run fits. Yeah, I like that a lot for Divine Diablo. I think again, Hamza Naziruldin's another good one for that. I think he's going to fall mainly because again, you didn't get the full eval from this year, mm -hmm. the injury riddled season, coming back from a bad injury. Uh, you don't know if he's going to be fully back to his athleticism because he didn't test. Right. Um, this is like what I call the Gregory Rousseau problem is you don't know what they could still do from a year ago or if it even applies because you're talking about a different player of a different, you know, even just like what the speed is. Did they lose it? Did they right. have this? Uh, and he didn't even opt out. He just had injury concerns. He, he looked pretty good when he was at the, the senior bowl. He had, I think, I think he popped his quad or something and that's why he couldn't do the, uh, the 40 or something. So that was and now maybe that might be something where he just wasn't testing well behind the scenes and they said something. But, I again, I think Hamza, I'd be very interested, again, getting him closer to the line of scrimmage. Yep. Divine Diablo, Virginia Tech dude, get him closer to the line of scrimmage. Those guys, I like those safeties a lot for that kind of a role. Uh, I, I I don't know how teams value that. Uh, I yeah. You know, like, it depends on what your team needs. I would take those guys end of the third round, mid-third round, depending mm -hmm. on what I was looking to do, especially if I didn't take a linebacker and all the linebackers were going very quick. You know, if you don't get, like, a Jamin Davis or a guy like uh, – or Baron Browning, now you get one of these guys who it's, like, we'll get athletic uh, safeties to kind of be our quasi-linebackers. He's a guy that fits into But, yes, I liked Hamza I liked Nazir-Ladin, too, and it was just him coming back from it. The, a lot of now, questions, for sure. Yeah, and then um, I don't know how teams are going to value him as far as that goes. I think that's what you have to do with this draft class with safeties, though. I feel like you need to you need to start looking at potential for a lot of them because it's not like there's these real safe picks at the real top end of the draft. Yes. So you're looking at a guy like, oh, what if players. he did play? Could he be that first round overall pick? Yeah, maybe. So we're going to talk about the one guy who the the one guy who I wish had a so Andre Cisco. Mm -hmm. He's the guy who could be that crazy single high free safety. He has that athleticism. He has four three wheels. Mm -hmm. Didn't get the test this pro day because he tore his ACL last season. He yep. plays for Syracuse as well, along with Afetu Malafanwu, True Williams, those guys. But he was the he was a ball hawk. When they played him at free safety, it was insane that way he moves around. Now the problem is they stuck him at linebacker and like like close to the line of scrimmage, and that was not where you need him to be. He is not the guy who you want trying to uh, run down and tackle people. You want him far away as you can and it's like i see ball i get ball you know there might be an indictment on the other safety or or, or whatever else they had available that True. they felt he was their best option to do that even if it's taken away him out of his strength 
Well, I think part of it was they wanted to see him maybe in that quasi-robber role kind of deal, but they put him too close for it to be the robber my, role. Uh, my he was playing literally yeah. linebacker I was going to. I was wondering if, 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 it's, if at times it's based on, you know, is he the quarterback of their defense? Is he the smartest guy on the field? Because then a lot of times they put them in that rolling safety role, and he might be the one calling the plays. And sometimes if you have, even though he might be better at free safety, you're like, well, this guy knows the plays. And he's a better tackler than the other guy. Like we're, we're even though he we, he he would benefit from being at free safety, it's kind of like this is what we. Well, have. he's not he's not the best tackler. I'll tell you, that's the yeah. two. There were two major issues people have with him. One was he did have blown plays. A part of that was because of the defense, yeah. which is this weird mess of a scheme. Like I said before, Syracuse's scheme was not most conducive to their players. It sounds. Like and they weren't running like a pure like NFL level defense. Where, you know, like, if I had Trill Williams, Efetu Melifanwu, and uh, and Andre Sisco, I would just be trying to coach up the Seattle scheme and just see what I can yeah. get out of those guys. Let them play. Let, let them play where playing. you would see them being in the NFL because keep Andre Sisco as far from the line of scrimmage as possible. Let him utilize that vision because when they did bring him closer, it he he that was when the decisions went out the window right. that was when he wasn't doing what he really needed to do it's hard to assess that for some people but dude again his athleticism was crazy his ball his ball hawking skills was crazy like if it wasn't for the that torn alone acl sounds like a free safety role yes he is the guy like he's the guy i what i would what i said before was we were talking earlier about Ardarius Washington, right? Mm-hmm. He's a five eight guy, didn't test super athletic, but yeah. dude, he just knows his shit. Great yeah. tackler, uh, you could put him close to the line of scrimmage. Great out of the slot, uh, but a he's five eight. Matthew, too. yeah, a little, just a little. You know, Tyron Matthew didn't blow you away with his forty time. He ran well, yeah, but you know. But if you took his mentality, his mindset, and you put it in Andre Cisco's body, you get a top ten pick for sure. So it was. That's the thing that I have the issue with. With like, I just wish that you could do that where you just plug it in. I think if you take him and you put him in a scheme where he's getting, you know, put into a spot where, hey, we're putting you at single high free safety. These are your reads. These are what you have to key in on. He was good when he did that. When they were putting him at linebacker, these quasi safety roles, moving him around. It, yes, you want versatility, but not at the expense of what your player does well. I agree. I just wonder if it's an indictment on the other safeties they had available. Yes, that's true too. That's like that I could mean. be also they, it. Do the other safeties not know the players the plays as well? Is he more experienced? Is he better at recognizing those concepts down below? Uh, is he their better tackler in the safety room? Like, is he just their best tackler? Yeah. Is he just their athlete? Yes. <laughs> Which sometimes happens, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you, when you're when you're too smart, or and you know, I don't know that this is the case, but if you know the playbook the best. Sometimes that forces the coach's hand to put you in that position to be the one to to, to kind of call the defense and get everyone lined up right, even if it takes you out of a position that you might be best suited to your athletic ability. You've seen that all the time in high school and college football. Yeah, and he uses athleticism really to his advantage, and he he might be that guy who's going to develop more the the football IQ as he gets into the NFL, gets right. into a scheme that works for him. One other guy, there's a few single high safeties in this draft class. One other guy who is getting a lot of talk lately, been a late riser. Uh, not the best athleticism. Like I again, Richie Grant, and Andre Cisco are definitely the better pure athletes, mm-hmm. but he's relatively newer to the position, and he had a high football IQ. Is Jamar Johnson? Yeah, he's flying up boards. Indiana, right? Yes, Indiana. He's the guy who made Justin Fields look like a turnip. Um, he might be the reason why Justin Fields isn't going top three or top four or top whatever because he just he was such good in coverage and it's football IQ. If, if only Zach Wilson played against him, right? If he only played against him. Indiana. Uh, if only the coaching staff at Ohio State, you know, just ran it. He changed it. the Jets' future forever. Right. That's what he did. 
the Jets or even just the the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, them too. Like that, you know, like that's the other thing is teams just don't want to even trade. Like, you know, if Justin Fields is not going top three, that he probably did affect that to some degree. Now, granted, teams know way more than we do with that stuff. Yeah, I'll do a quarterbacks episode. I and there's quarterbacks I like. You know, there's about it's a really good quarterback class. It really is. Um, the top five guys are all relatively good. Yeah, I think we're just extra picky because this is what we do every year. And even though these are top prospects, like when the year Geno Smith was coming out and he was taken at the end of the first round, like we were really picky on those five. Now we have to be really picky on these five, even though they're not back end early two, they're front end first. But yeah. that's for another day. Yeah, the and they're, like, I've told people this before. Go check out the Kurt Warner interview with PFF and the Greg Rosenthal interview with Ross Tucker. And they go over like their assessment of Mac Jones, their assessment of Justin Fields, their ability to throw, uh, what they see them doing in the NFL, maybe why a coach might look at maybe Mac Jones over Justin Fields. And I think the way they they analyze those biases was so good. I think it's just something people should tune into because it kind of gives you an idea of an evaluator from that perspective, from somebody who has who's played those positions before in the NFL. Both those guys are former court, NFL quarterbacks. Right. Um, but yeah, Jamar Johnson, back to him making everybody look like a turnip. He, he very limited sample size. Basically, I think it's been one season as a safety. It could be that true single high free safety role. Kind of reminds me of Jesse Bates coming out, the guy. Oh, wow. So a guy who might be going a little bit later, probably because the athleticism stuff. He's probably going to go third round. Yeah, I was say. I'm thinking third, fourth round guy who probably ends up having that high end play. So, yep. uh, you know, Justin Reed of the Texans, another guy like those kind of hey, this guy actually ended up being a really good single high free safety. There's a few of these in this draft class where you go, I kind of like these guys. Like, I could I could see a team taking a shot on him and being like, hey, we're going to stick you in this scheme. Todd Bowles getting him for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be a steal because you have for Antoine sure. Winfield coming down, being a game wrecker, and then you also now would have a true single high free safety who you can coach up. Again, I think I, I that's why I think the Bucs are going to go safety at some point in the draft. They might not go at 32, but at maybe at 64 they go safety. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think the Buccaneers would be a, a good fit for any one of these single high free safety guys um, just because I think Bowles could coach them up very well too sure. and get usage out of them in that scheme. And the Bucs are in a position where they don't really have a lot of needs or at least yes. pressing needs. So if you want to take a guy that you take a chance on that you could develop, well, I think the safety position outside of Antoine Winfield is really the biggest sure. need for them. Maybe, you know, another D tackle because eventually Sue's going to be out of there. Eventually, JPP is going to be out of there. You never have a left pass rushers. I yeah, guess. so I, I see Tampa Bay as an opportunity for one of those guys. Um, I mentioned Dallas for Richie Grant because I just think, like, all, A, all the Dallas people love him. I think also because there's a lot of Dallas coverage guys who love him, too. Right. So it kind of pumps it up a little bit. Um, outside of those guys, uh, we were talking before about Elijah Molden and Javon Holland. Mm-hmm. There's definitely going to be teams that want to utilize those kind of roles. Uh, again, another Tampa Bay loves those kind of guys. Correct. So they can get their hands on those guys. They love DBs. They draft DBs in the top two rounds every top three rounds every year or so, mm-hmm. especially in a deep DB draft class. That's why they developed into having such a great defense at the end of the year. Right. Um, other teams that could use guys like that, like you said before, the Patriots love guys like that. Sure. Versatility. Um, guys who they can maybe again develop and turn into really good role players, really good, you know, uh, really good pieces to their defense. Mm-hmm. And again, I, those are most of the safeties that I, I, I really didn't touch too much on our Darius Washington, so I'll yeah, touch on him a little guy. bit. I know you want to bring. And him. then we talked about Sean Wade last time. 
But yeah. again, that's a guy who I think is going to end up transitioning to safety in the NFL just because he's going to maybe be another one of those guys who, A, he's going to probably go day three. So you're not spending a big pick on him. And I feel like this year's draft class is a lot of guys who play a lot of different roles. Mm-hmm. You know, James Wiggins out of Cincinnati is another guy who's like another another interesting role player, but I don't think he tested very well. So I, I think maybe teams might be a little bit more out on him or he might be more of a day three guy. Paris Ford tested horribly out of pits out of pit. Yeah. So I think people are totally out on him. I think all the pit guys outside of Rashad Weaver, I think their stock's gone all the way down to day three. I think Rashad Weaver, oh. even if he does still go day three, is gonna be like a round four pick. Yeah, because uh, I, I also think Rashad Weaver is actually a really good D lineman, but all the other pick guys tested horribly. You know, whether it's Paris Campbell or uh, uh, I think it was Patrick Jones is the other guy. So yeah, the the, the pick guys I, I don't pay attention to anymore. Uh, our Darius Washington again, like you said before, has a little bit of Tyron Matthew to him. I, I honestly think there's moments where he looks better than uh, Trevon Morig. Yeah, and he is the heart of that defense. Amazing tackler. Really good in coverage. I think he's going to be picked up to be, like we were saying before, a slot corner on a team to maybe be that quasi-safety linebacker, safety uh, slot corner role that a lot of teams have been targeting. You know, and there's argument that, you know, he's in that kind of mix with Elijah Molden. Now, granted, Elijah Molden's got two inches on him. I don't think that's a a lot, but that's still something. It makes, yeah. Makes a little bit of a difference. A little bit heftier, too. He's got more weight to him. He's got another, like, 20, 30 pounds to him. Right. So, and then, like we said before, Javon Holland's got way more athleticism than those two guys. So teams might look at the athleticism, see the solid, co- you know, see some of the solid coverage that they saw, and they go, okay, you know what, we like this guy. I would just argue that the instincts are really difficult. You can't coach those. Yeah. And I know it sounds like woo-woo, but it's, you know, I, I, he's, a fo- he's a football player. It's a cliche. People hate that term, but it worked out for Tyron Matthew to be going this far into his career. Yes. Oh, I think he'll, I think there's definitely going to be a team that takes him. Um... I would love him on any team that I'm a fan of. Like again, like mm-hmm. because the, you, I think especially in today's NFL, you can't ever have too many defensive backs. No, I think we're going to get to a point where you have more linebacker, more safeties than linebackers on a team. I think eventually sure. a lot of teams will be moving to only five or four linebackers on the team and having like six safeties. Yeah, I mean, with the way the league's evolving, the quarterback play, the schemes. I mean, it's like a, it's a track meet. You know? Yeah, everybody's throwing. And then not only that, but being able to get quicker and being able to stop the passing. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of the last of the safeties I had prepped for today. Do you have any other ones you wanted to mention? Uh, One that I'll just mention that's an intriguing prospect, particularly becomes from a a small school at Illinois State, is Christian Uphoff. Nice. Uh, He's a good athlete. He's a big kid. Uh, He made a lot of plays, obviously, at the small school level. One of the knocks that I saw on him particularly were uh, level of competition, which is fair. Um, how's he going to play against people at higher caliber, higher athleticism? But the good news is he at least looks the part where he could match up with those people. And because he plays at Illinois State, and I don't know the coaches there, and I'm not trying to mock that, but typically they're not Bama coaches. So maybe you can coach a guy up like that that would, would be able to transition. And, th- and that, that's, the, that's the argument, too, with regards to his eye discipline. One of the other knocks was he tend to bite on the run reads that were play action and, and maybe double moves. And, again – that might be a, a a factor of coaching. Mm-hmm. When you could take a guy with raw athleticism that's popping on people's radars, even with a small school like Illinois State, not a whole lot of tape on him, but he's somebody to maybe keep an eye on, especially when you have a draft like this where a lot of the safeties are kind of clumped up with question marks. Yeah. Dude, I dig it. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, it's great to talk defensive backs with you. Uh, any final thoughts on anybody where you think? 
Uh, no, big big fan of Patrick Sertain, and uh, <laughs> we never we never said it before, but uh, J.C. Horn. I mean, you called him from the beginning, but you know, he, he one of his comps that I heard recently was that he plays like a keep to leave, and I, I wholeheartedly, fair, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. With yes, his, his attitude's got a little edge to his game. Um, you know, it, it, I just think that he's at least the top four or five corners that you take, I think teams are going to be happy with. Yes. Well, I think he's going to be probably one of the top two corners. For sure. I just mean, in, as in summary, this yeah. is a good draft for corners. Let's not overthink it. Similar to the quarterbacks, most of them are going to be very successful. And, and I think with regards to the corners, I think you might have like three or four pro bowlers out of that. Yeah. And then the safeties in this draft, again, it's a very, it's a lot of role players. Like whether you're talking about Hamza Nazirudin and Divine Diablo, who are going to be kind of quasi safety linebackers, right? Or you know Elijah Molden, uh, or Darius Washington, Javon Holland, who are going to be kind of quasi safety slot corners. Or you know you get Richie Grant and Ardair, uh, Andre Cisco and Jamar Johnson, who could be you know single high free safety mm -hmm. guys who could just be crazy ball hawks and make plays. And then you have Trevon Morig, who could be that. I think the safe floor kind of safety where you're like, we need a better safety room. We need to get better at this. We need better coverage. We need to, you know, mm -hmm. if you like moving your safety close to the line of scrimmage sometimes and then kind of having to play uh, too deep, he's kind of a good role for that. So yeah. I think there's definitely, it's a good safety class. It's not, there's not a spectacular star talent. Yeah. So overall, uh, if you want, you can follow the show at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O, -O, Death is in the end of life. Punch a good delicious drink in in the summer or the winter, depending on when you want to drink punch. Parties. People drink punch at parties. Uh, also, just don't follow Ricky. He doesn't want you to follow him. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, he doesn't like it when Not I follow him. a social media guy, so just any follows you would give to me, just give to Wood. There you go. Uh, and then, like, like, follow, subscribe, leave comments, and then tune in. Draft night. We are doing live draft coverage. Uh, we will be in Nanuet, New York, which is, the, like I said before, the heart of New York, where everybody, anybody who's ever been to New York and has been to Nanuet goes, this is where you want to go. This is New York. This is where the Regal Theater used to be because it closed because of COVID. Why oh, so sad. It, yeah, it really should be because Albany is way too far. It's too far. It is way. You get a and traffic ticket in, in, in New York. It's like, ah, okay, I have to plan a weekend. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've dealt with quite a few of those. <laughs> And, uh, yes, tune in. It's a live show at the Spot. It's a billiards hall. It's spot Billiards in Nanuet, New York, but also live streamed. So, yes, tune into that as well. Uh, have a good night. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to